Um, before we start the show this week, I need to say that in show number 45, um, uh, Mark Miller did a bit where he um, uh, poked a bit of fun at um, hot feminists. Now, unfortunately, some people took this a bit too seriously, and we here at Mondays were hit with a deluge of hate email and letters, one of which was from an organization known as Hot Feminists United for Clarity and Knowledge, and uh, in order to avoid pending legal action, the Mondays attorneys have directed us to read the following paragraph. Mondays and Plot Productions officially regret comments made by Mr. Miller in show number 45. We believe that all hot feminists are feminists first, and only hot second, or maybe even third. We want to add that Mr. Miller's statements about that busload of nuns in no way reflect the opinions or views of Poit Productions. Furthermore, we have informed Mr. Miller about our position on this matter, and we can assure all the unreasonably uptight feminists out there, regardless of hotness, will be treated with the respect and the dignity they deserve. Mark, do you have anything to say? I'm sorry to all the broad burnt hotties out there. Also, I need to repeat that no animals were harmed during the taping of episode 44. So, PETA, you can suck my ass. Oh, no! It's my days! From mondays.pwop.com, it's Mondays, with your host, Carl Franklin. This is Lawrence Ryan in the studio with Carl, Richard Campbell, and Mark Miller, announcing show number 46. This just in, Karen just ordered room service at the Dolphin World Hotel in Orlando. Mondays is produced by Pwop Productions, providing professional audio and podcasting services. Online at www.pwop.com. And now, the man who is realizing that he just brushed his teeth with Preparation H, Carl Franklin. Yeah, here we are again. It's Monday. Don't you love Mondays? I freaking hate Mondays. That's why we're here, isn't it, guys? Because we yeah. freaking hate Mondays. I'm here because it's part of my sentencing agreement. How are you guys? It's just the three of us today. That's all right. It means we don't have to be so serious. Well, it was, it, you know, this is a, officially titled The Bad News Show. And uh, when I asked Jeff if he wanted to participate, he says, no, I think I've cornered the market on bad news lately. So I'll let you guys run with that. Karen is, uh, I don't got know what her she's own bad doing. news. Yeah, she's got her own bad news. She'll tell you about that next week, I'm sure. Maybe she won't. I don't know. Mark, how have you been? I'm okay. I have a new attorney. Hey, that's good. Yeah, he's he's expensive, but he's already managed to get one of uh, the cases against me thrown out of court, and, <laughs> and he's he's a pretty persuasive guy too. So oh, that's I'm good. feeling pretty good about that. That's I mean, good. I feel like for once that uh, things are finally going right in the right direction for me, at least as far as my ongoing relationship with the executive branch of the government is concerned. Ah, oh, well, there's always that. I'm feeling good. Yeah. So the net number of litigations is actually going down now. Dropped by one. Wow. <laughs> I'm not even going to ask you how many are left, man. I'm well, not even going to ask you. I, I mean, I mean, this guy may even be able to convince uh, my asshole neighbor Bob to dro- drop his uh, satellite dish lawsuit against me, which would be <laughs> a nice thing. <laughs> so Bob, as you recall, is a retired attorney. Yep. Likes to spend his time suing me. That's bad news, man. Anyway, that's it. I'm good. How's Gladys? Um, you know, well, it's raining right now, and so I don't see Gladys right now, which is good. <laughs> That's very good. No sunbathing in the rain. Oh, uh, Richard, how have you been? How's that big old monitor of yours shaping up? 
Hey, you know, the big monitors are great. I'm looking forward to using them on Mondays to show all my toys at once while I sort them out. It's just that the, still the whole machine's running on fans, so it's too loud to use for recording. So I got to suffer with my 24-inch over here. You know what, dude? I don't even think you deserve those monitors, man. You're still <laughs> like, you're still trying to find reasons to, ways to use them. You just don't deserve them, man. <laughs> I deserve them because I can say 7.9 million pixels. Yeah. You have no idea what to do with five million of those pixels. Million pixels. You're in over your head, Campbell. <laughs> million. <laughs> Give that monitor to someone who can do something with it. <laughs> well, you know, speaking of not funny, uh, my wife is recovering that and she's doing nicely. It's That's not funny. Good. It's a good it's good news. She got a, a cast applied. Had to drive her up to uh, the orthopedic surgeon's uh, little place up in Providence, and she got a cast put on. Did an oil change in a tire rotation? Yeah, good one. So she, uh, I've never had a cast myself, so I don't know what it's like, but apparently it's kind of loose. Like, it got loose, and she can now, like, move her foot, which is not good when your foot's supposed to be in a cast. So we're going to have to call the doc and... Maybe they'll have to break her foot again and reset it. I don't know. Do feet shrink? No, I don't. I really don't know what happened. Um, it's fiberglass, you know, over cotton. So, so I'm betting the cast is the same size. Yeah. So she could go water skiing in that thing. <laughs> yeah, maybe the fiberglass. Right. Yeah. You know, I don't know if I told you this or not, guys, but when I was a kid, I was really stupid. I was an idiot kid. <laughs> Is that before or after the year 2000? I had my own cast and I decided I was going to take it off all by myself. And this is back when casts were made of plaster. Yeah. And so, you know, and I didn't want to see the doctor. And I think I took it off before my opponent completely set too. Are you serious? <laughs> yeah, I was a little bit of an idiot. So I was, I was, I was <laughs> in the was shower. This was the cast on your head, right? I was in the shower. You know, my master plan was to, you know, get it wet and then it would fall apart because, you know, they kept saying, don't get it wet, don't get it wet. <laughs> well, unfortunately, I just got the inside of the cast, which had been, you know, you know, against my arm sweat for about two weeks. <laughs> just a little wetter. And you know what? This is a really gross story. This has nothing to do with this show. Let's it's move on. It's pretty gross. <laughs> it is the bad news show. You know, I tried to cheer up Gretchen as the doctor was twisting her foot into place and she was, you know, breaking my hand, squeezing it so hard. I tried to comfort her by recalling some of the stories that uh, they used to tell at this company where we both worked in California. We would sit out back, uh, you know, in the in the summertime, nice day, at lunch, and they, these guys would tell stories of try to outgross each other with the injuries they've had. Nice. Yeah. It's like, oh, that's nothing. When I went skiing, I broke my leg in nine places, and the bone was sticking a foot out of my knee, you know, this kind of stuff. We're like, ah. Oh. Yeah. And then this country hick made us all run around on our hands and knees and oink like pigs. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing quite that bad. Oh, sorry. I was thinking deliverance with that bone sticking out. But anyway. Richard, did you did you uh, have any traumatic injuries when you were a kid? No. Never been in the hospital in my life, actually. Are you serious? You're kidding me, not, man. Not even once. What are you, some kind of freak? <laughs> he is a freak of nature. He is. What is up with him? He like knows how to do smart things and doesn't get hurt. He makes us all look bad. Let's kill him. We don't like you. <laughs> but I'll I'll tell you my messy bone story. That when I uh, was a smart kid in school, and they put me in one of these smart kid programs that included like a mountain climbing component, and each one of us had to take on a specialty, and I did first aid. And for the most part, first aid for the group was pretty easy. It wasn't a whole lot of work. Uh, the main thing I think I did was dispense uh, pamperin. At certain times of the month, I heard this story. This is did the I girl. Tell you the bone set story. The the very last one of the very last trips we did together uh, was a, a climb called Diamond Head. This isn't and the girl uh, who we, shaved her legs in the freezing cold. And that was yeah, that was a different story. Okay, that was all right. Black Tusk. So Diamond Head uh, was one of the last trips we did, and we did it on cross country ski. So we we cross country ski going up, and then we telemark down, which was locking your heels down and uh, a little faster going down. Anyway, one of the guys wiped out into a tree real bad. Wow. Ouch. And uh, so when I got to him with my little first aid kid all ready to do what I needed to do, he had a, a compound fracture in his upper arm. He'd actually punched a segment of uh, the bone in his arm, 
loose and it was poking out. Ouch. So, uh, I mean, I knew what to do. I put put it back in and covered it up and bandaged it tightly and then uh, put a, an inflatable cast around it and so forth. And, I, you know, you're so busy when you're doing those sorts of things. You don't think about what's happening. You're, you're busy remembering your training and what you're supposed to do to clean it all up. And I get it all packaged up. And when I'm done and he's, you know, he's safe and secure and in, in a fair bit of pain, I realize I have blood all over me. I mean, all over yeah. my face and my chest and both arms. And then it sort of, I get that sort of momentary gross out feeling like, ugh. So I roll in the snow, ah. <laughs> which didn't help. It left this big red smear in the snow. <laughs> That's gross. Yeah. Are we, yeah, this is certainly is the bad news show. That's a bad news show. So that was my, my big first aid adventure. The only real problem I had when I was a kid was a, a like a hairline fracture of my arm. And I got that. And I, too, was a stupid kid. We used to play a game called Moped Frisbee. And uh, as you can as you can guess, what happens is... Frankly, like, what are you, an idiot? <laughs> on the, at least I keep my frigging casts on. Well, I never you, had one, but... Hey, hey, you watch it, man. Yeah, so, I said that in confidence. <laughs> so anyway, so one guy gets on the moped and, and goes as fast as he can on the grass. The other guy throws the Frisbee as far as he can. And the idea is for the guy on the moped to... Operate the moped and catch the frisbee at the same time without killing yourself. This is fun. Well, I thought you guys were throwing mopeds back and forth. Yeah, and I think you guys <laughs> are doing it wrong anyway. Don't you get extra points for killing yourself? <laughs> so I wiped out, got some road rash, you know, hairline fracture. Anyway, guys, this was a weird week in news, wasn't it? So I know a lot of Monday's listeners out there are wondering why uh, Carl and Richard and myself have been silent about the... Uh, the uh, the Dick Cheney shooting for the last week. What? Um, well, what shooting? <laughs> well, you can see for one of us, he was completely oblivious to the news. And uh, well, they were, for the rest of us, the reason we haven't said anything is uh, because we're a fucking weekly show, guys. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Go check the website. That's why we've been silent. Well, uh, of course, I I know about this story and. And I think it's just so ridiculous, I wrote a little song about it. It goes like this. Come listen to my story about a man named Dick. No one ever knew it, but Cheney is a hick. Went hunting on the ranch with a bunch of hicky guys. Flap, flap, blam, shot his buddy in the eyes. <laughs> Buckshot, that is. Jesus Christ. That's gotta hurt. <laughs> Well, the guys were only hunting, only trying to have some fun. Then Big Dick Cheney shot his buddy with a gun. They tried to keep the press from reporting up a row, but they couldn't cover up the attorney's peppered brow. <laughs> Pock marks, that is. Head holes. Silver freckles. <laughs> it kind of makes me wonder if the man should go to jail for looking at his buddy's head and thinking, shoot the quail. So what does the attorney want for shooting out his eyes? He meets the press, gets on the mic, and proceeds to apologize. You don't believe me? See shrinkster.com slash C5S. And I'm totally serious here. Go to shrinkster.com slash C5S. That's, I think, the first song I've heard with the lyrics shrinkster.com in them. <laughs> uh, you know, I was writing this. I was looking, you know, for the news stories and stuff. I came across this in the news today. Holy crap. Cheers. Greet Cheney at appearance in Wyoming. And I'm going to read it here. Texas. His face marked with tiny birdshot wounds. The lawyer shot by Vice President Dick Cheney while quail hunting, left a hospital Friday saying, quote, accidents do and will happen, end quote, and apologizing for the trouble the incident had caused the vice president, quote. That's outrageous to my me. My family totally and I outrageous. are deeply sorry for everything Vice President Cheney and his family have had to deal with, Harry Whittington said, his voice a bit raspy but strong in his first comments since being shot on a South Texas ranch six days earlier. I'm really sorry I was shot. Yeah. Ex excuse me, Carl, but is the mafia running our government? I, what the f***? What the, the hell? The Austin attorney spoke less than 20 minutes before Cheney made his first public appearance since the shooting, receiving a rousing ovation from legislators in his home, in the, in his home state of Wyoming. Yay! It's the guy who shoots people! <laughs> it's unbelievable, man. Listen to this quote. Listen to this. This is unbelievable. Quote, it's a wonderful experience. This is Cheney. 
to be greeted by such warmth by the leaders of our great state. It's especially true when you've had a very long week. <laughs> it's only five days into the week, too, man. I- I'm sorry you had such a long week. Would you like a cup of tea? Maybe a cigar. Put, man. put your feet up. Let's rub your feetsy-weetsies. Isn't this amazing? Isn't this unreal, Carl? It's bizarre is what it is. I mean, like, this guy is, like, worse than, like, uh, Palpatine, right? <laughs> I <Isn't> get it. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's just unbelievable. And the guy apologizes. I'm sorry for, you know, I'm sorry my face got in the way of your gun. You know, a lot of people, <laughs> a lot of people don't, who don't live in the United States, they look at our country and they say, hey, you know, you guys, you kind of went into Iraq without a hunting license and, uh, <laughs> you know, you're, 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 you're wiretapping and you're doing all this stuff illegally. And, you know, is it, do you think your government has too much power? You think? I think, yes, they fucking have too much power, man. <laughs> the vice president is shooting people in his own party. <laughs> That's way too much fucking power. And then they're apologizing for it. And he's getting a standing ovation. Yeah, and he's not apologizing. The guy he shot is apologizing. What the f***? Unbelievable. All right. Did you read the last quote in that article? Y- yes. I, I think the, the media thing. has blown things out of proportion. If you go duck hunting out here, you're bound to get shot yeah. sometime. Oh, happens every day. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you know, Carl, I'm not the smartest guy, but I do have a little bit of advice for Dick Cheney. When you go out hunting, you're going to shoot at the birds. Wait till they're like more than like six feet off the ground before you pull the trigger. <laughs> you know, Have, make sure your gun's pointing up in the air. But you know that he was at one of these ranches where they have captive birds that they release for him to shoot. No kidding. Uh, yes. Unbelievable. I, I heard they had captive beers as well. <laughs> It's just ridiculous. Is what oh, it is. man. And he was my hero when he said, fuck off to that one guy. Yeah, yeah, right. And then now he comes <laughs> along and shoots a guy, man. What's up with that? <laughs> All right. All right. Well, let's move right along with a little segment we call The Week in Geek. And, of course, this is where I find uh, the news, the geeky news, making the, making the rounds in technology and science. Just a few things I found during the week. All right, well, as you know, I've been doing these uh, crazy headlines. I've been finding them lately. And uh, these are always a nice pre- preamble to the Week in Geek. First headline this week is at shrinkster.com slash C5B. Study. Internet users go online for fun. This just in. Spoon users like to eat. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. You got me Come on, on. One, Carl. Come on. Uh, next one is at shrinkster.com slash C5D. Police nab two, they believe, beat off duty cop. <laughs> I have two questions. What is a duty cop, and why did these guys beat him off? <laughs> All right, next one. Shrinkster.com slash C5E. ABC distributing recall pilot's balls. Apparently, <laughs> apparently, ABC distributing is in the religious relic business, ladies and gentlemen. I don't know what that's about, but shrinkster.com slash C5O is the next one. Not zero, but O. Miss Connecticut says mom's number one, but whole family offers support. <laughs> but I think I there's a typo. <laughs> I think there's a typo there. I love there. it. It's important to have the support of your butthole family. Yeah, the butthole family is basically <laughs> problem there. Oh, uh, man. The next one isn't really a headline, but it's kind of an amazing website at shrinks.com slash c5r this is an ad for a hotel in thailand called the twin palms fuck it (laughs) jeez (laughs) that's uh phuket yes you know know. is that what that is you want to know something can i tell you something carl yeah i get really fucking pissed off when people try to correct my pronunciation on this place (laughs) okay (laughs) i could say it the way i want to say it it's fuck it okay it's clearly fuck it that's the way it works in sports news, shrinks it Do you say com- Jimmy Buffet? No. You don't say Jimmy Buffet. And you don't say Hotel Fouquet either. It's Hotel Fuck It. Stop trying to correct me. Where'd you go? On I'm your- right and you're wrong. Where'd you go on your vacation? Ah, fuck it. There you go. In sports news, shrinkshire.com slash C5K. Bruce to stop fighting butt. Thought that was funny. That's the guy's last name, B-U-T-T, but 
Shrinkster.com slash, okay, that one didn't go over so well, but Shrinkster.com slash C5G. This is the sound of total disbelief, ladies and gentlemen. C5G. And this one's for Karen. Pirates tie dolphins at Sportsplex. Nice. Yeah. I still don't believe the dolphin story, but okay. Okay. Shrinkster.com slash C5H. Shoe allows Martinez to get off on right foot. His previous show only allowed him to get off on his left foot. Nice. No. Which I thought was interesting. <laughs> he's, he's changing hands for, you know, a little variety. Spice up the love life. I like the quote, it allowed me to do what I have to do. You know, I think it was because his left shoe needed to be washed. So that's what happened. Ah. Uh, in politics, shrinkster.com slash C5N. We're still at war, Bush tells U.S. No shit. Yeah. Then he went on to tell the U.S. his age and that his favorite food is macaroni and cheese. <laughs> Next one, shrinkster.com slash C5M, C5M, Molten Mayor, Councilman, Buttheads. What? Molten Mayor, Councilman, Buttheads. Oh, it's Buttheads. That's what it is. Buttheads. That's what they are. <laughs> well, at least we know they both are. Yeah. Sort of related to the first one I said. They must know that butthole family. Shrinks. <laughs> 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 All right. com slash C5F. NYT. Uh, you know, I was just thinking, what would happen if the, the, uh, the Speaker of the House went over to visit the butthole family? If Boner went to go into the butthole. Do <laughs> 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 you think that would make headlines, guys? Ding no? dong. Boner calling. Enter. Nice. <laughs> All right, NYT's Brooks, Democratic Party has more nuts than GOP. That's what it says. Just read them. Okay. All right. Is that because of the recent nut loss? Yeah, I think so. In the hunting accident? This is a a related one. Shrinkster.com slash C5J. Big bone budget omission is short-sighted. I thought that was kind of funny. I have no idea. Big bone budget omission is short-sighted. Carl, do you get like horny when you're doing this segment? When you're setting it up, <laughs> I I'm not gonna answer that, man. I'm what just wondering are you if thinking I about. I just wonder if I need to like wash my hands after looking at these I'm pages. I'm not saying anything, but Kleenex is a potential sponsor. Let's just oh, leave it nice. Like, not anymore. The Interpretive Museum at Big Bone Lick. Yeah, Big Bone <laughs> Lick. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, that's a place. Apparently, <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> Big Bone Lick. And the last headline of the day, shrinkster.com slash C5I, Palestinian lawmakers give president broad powers before Hamas takes over. He now has the power to treat broads however he wants. There you go. <laughs> Is that Miller laughing? Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Oh, Carl, I can't believe it, man. I was just thinking of a joke I told last week. <sighs> All right. Anyway, not very much good news to report today, I'm afraid. Story number one in the Week in Geek, XM board member quits, warns of crisis. XM satellite radio hit some static on Thursday when it said in a filing that a a board member resigned with a warning of a possible crisis on the horizon if the firm didn't curb costs. That's what they get for not sponsoring our frickin' show, man. There you go. Yeah, let this be a lesson to you, Sirius. That's right. We could do to you what we did to them. All right. Anyway, story number two, Radio Shack to close up to 700 stores. True story here. Radio Shack. uh, Oh, my God. Think of all those unemployed geeks. Whose chief executive has admitted to lying on his resume on Friday said quarterly profit fell 62% after a switch in wireless providers led to an inventory inventory write down, sending its shares to a nearly three year low. CEO David Edmondson stated in a press conference Thursday he find that he finally disclosed the real reason behind the shortfall. Quote, we stopped asking customers for the phone numbers, end quote. <laughs> All right, story number three. <laughs> Nintendo DS machine to work as portable TV. Yeah. this was cool. Yeah. The Nintendo DS handheld video game machine will work as a portable TV with a card equipped with a tuner and antenna that allows people to watch digital broadcasts, the company president said Wednesday. The only problem is that the card is only available at Radio Shack. Ah. 
All right, don't. next story. Alzheimer's progresses faster in educated people. Bloomberg News is reporting that high levels of education speeds up the progression of Alzheimer's disease, according to a study published in next month's issue of the Journal of Neurology, Neurosurgery, and Psychiatry. Mental agility dropped every year among Alzheimer's disease patients with each additional year of education, leading to an additional 0.3% deterioration, the researchers from Columbia University Medical Center in New York found. The speed of thought processes and memory were particularly affected. Where'd you get that story from? What story? Ah, nice. And the final story today. The first worm takes aim at latest Mac operating system. The first worm targeting Apple's computer Mac OS X operating system has surfaced, though it does not appear to be widespread or especially dangerous. Its emergence, however, could indicate that hackers who have almost exclusively targeted the much larger Windows PC market are expanding their attacks, computer security experts say. The new worm has been identified. It's Apple CEO Steve Jobs. And that is the week in Geek. We are never going to be listed on iTunes. We're not already listed on iTunes. They won't answer my email. You know, I email them and I ask them, you know, I tell them the story. You know what they say? You can subscribe to a podcast by going to bling, blang, blung, blung. They're not even answering email. They're just, they have a bot that does it. They, they, could, they could care less, man. They could give a shit. I think you're on the blacklist, man. I think so, too. I think you are. One good Steve Jobs joke and you're fucked. <laughs> Dude, he's, he's nailed Steve Jobs like, you know, every 10 episodes about... <laughs> That's because the guy's funny. You he is remember, funny. Remember the episode where Steve Jobs was, was driving around in the Hummer running over peace activists? <laughs> yeah, that's right. I mean, and then remember the show I did when I said I went to Apple and then I was talking about all the bad guys there that were kicking ass, the alien freaky guys? <laughs> <laughs> you, you add it all up, man. It's no wonder we're blacklisted. Oh, man. I, I think it's more incompetence, don't you? It's apathy. Hey, if anybody out there knows anybody who knows anybody who knows Steve Jobs, tell them to... <laughs> Just tell him that the people over at Mondays would like him to pull his head out of his ass and get us listed. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so Mark, you got some dumber? I got two. Some people dumber than me. This is where Mark Miller, with his absolutely awesome theme song, uh, brings you the people making the news who are dumber than him. And he figures if they're dumber than him, they're probably also dumber than you. Will therefore make you feel a little bit better about yourself. Mr. Miller. Thank you, Mr. Franklin. Uh... You know, Carl, I just want to say before I do this Dumber Than Me, I want to tell you about a new uh, Dumber Than Me scorecard I've invented. Oh, cool. To help bring statistical accuracy to the Dumber Than Me report. It's got uh, checkboxes next to all the stupid things that people can do. I see. And and point values for each stupid thing. For example, lighting up a cigarette lighter, that's 250 points. (laughs) (laughs) Using a lawnmower as a primary means of transportation, that's 300 points. <laughs> Plus, there are combo bonuses. So, for example, if, if you smell fuel vapor and yet you still feel compelled to look inside the tank, that's 100 points. But if you use a cigarette lighter to illuminate the dark tank, the bonus points multiply to bring your Dumber Than Me score up to a whopping 950 points. <laughs> and the card never lies, Carl. It never lies. And now we'll never have those awkward moments where we're sitting around scratching our heads, wondering if a particular contestant is dumber than me or smarter. (laughs) Pretty cool, eh? Pretty cool. All right, let's try it out. Story number one. Mud spelled backwards. (laughs) (laughs) Donald and Linda Hallinger, a couple from Indiana had a sticky problem. Their car, which was currently nearly filled to capacity with a large screen TV, stereo speakers, kitchen appliances, and silverware, had begun to slowly sink into the mud as they had been loading it. (laughs) Mr. Hallinger had noticed the problem and was working to free his vehicle from the sinkhole while Mrs. Hallinger remained in the house. Robert Berry, the man living next door, was just getting home from work and he noticed the commotion at his neighbor's house. Mr. Barry made a quick phone call and then headed over next door to see what was happening. As Mr. Barry arrived, Mrs. Hellinger was exiting the home, her arms loaded with items intended for the car. Mr. Barry asked, So, uh, what are you guys doing? Mrs. <laughs> Hellinger replied, uh, 
We're just taking things. <laughs> hmm. Just taking things. Let's see here. Stating the obvious while committing a crime. That's 80 points. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Barry asked, things that don't belong to you? Mrs. Hallinger sheepishly rep- replied, yes. <laughs> hmm. hmm. Letting a neighbor trick you into being stupid while committing a crime. That's 100 points. <laughs> <laughs> Around this time, a nervous Mr. Hallinger offered to return everything and told Mr. Barry, uh, you can keep the car if you, ag- <laughs> if you agree not to call the police. <laughs> Pretty tempting offer, eh, Carl? I wonder if that car might have been, uh, hmm, what's the word I'm looking for? Hmm, hmm. Mm. Stolen? <laughs> <laughs> Okay, offering your only means of transportation in exchange for a promise not to call the police. That's 250 points. <laughs> oh, hey, Carl. Speaking of cars, Carl, I've yeah. got some bad news. Did, did I tell you that Vandals broke into my younger brother's high security garage and tagged his brand new vet? No. It happened two weeks ago while he was in Hawaii. Oh, man, he was so pissed when he found out. It was a totally brand new. It only had like 1,877 miles on it. Hmm. Yeah, he really loved that car. Looks like it was one of his neighbors. They painted painted some angry message on the side. That's all my brother would say. He didn't want to talk about it. Oh, and get this, Carl. These guys were pros. They somehow managed to get into and out of his four-car garage without setting off the alarm. The only clue left behind was a small homemade jetpack with some hamster fur grafted onto the engine, (laughs) which... Which was made from a whipped cream can and a kitchen funnel. <laughs> kind of strange, huh? <laughs> this whole thing was apparently tossed into the trash by the careless perpetrators. Pretty puzzling. <laughs> oh, that reminds me. My little brother and the local police investigating the break-in are listening to the show right now in the live feed. So I just wanted to give a shout-out if I can. Hmm. Hey, James. Sorry to hear about your car, man. I hope you catch the bad guys who are responsible for this terrible misdeed. And to all the police officers and federal marshals out there who are on a first-name basis with me, I just want to say to you guys, you're doing a bang-up job. Forget about that crap I said when you were trying to subdue me. (laughs) No hard feelings, guys. You were just doing your job. This butt's for you. (laughs) Oh, and my new attorney, Franco, has asked me to stress to all our listeners that just because the police are referring to me publicly as a, quote, person of interest... In this so far unsolved case, does not mean that I have in fact committed any crimes. (laughs) Oh, and more bad news, Carl. Franco says you better delete all copies of episode 44. Oh, no. That was the BJ show from two weeks ago. Oh, no. Oh, and Franco asked me to read a special note to all our Monday's listeners out there. Hold on a second. I've got it right here. We don't have time for that. Get back to your story, okay? All right, Carl, but I don't think Franco's going to be very happy about this. What's he going to do? Sue me for keeping my podcast on track? Okay, if you say so. I do. All right. Uh, Where was I? Oh, let's see. All right. A nervous Mr. Hallinger offered to return everything and told Mr. Barry he can keep the car if he agrees not to call the police. (laughs) Mr. Barry thanked Mr. Hallinger for his kind vehicular offer and then proceeded to inform the happily married couple that he had indeed already phoned the police and that they should be arriving any minute. (laughs) That's when Mrs. Hallinger immediately started running bags of items back into the house, shouting, (laughs) they can't charge us with stealing items that we didn't take. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yes, Mrs. Hallinger, they can. (laughs) All right, checking the list. Hold on, checking the list. Uh, Oh, here it is. Three Stooges antics with cops only seconds away. (laughs) That's 85 points, Carl. (laughs) Needless to say, both Hallingers were arrested and charged with burglary. No word on what happened to the car. So, Mr. and Mrs. Hallinger, let's just take a moment and refer to your Dumber Than Me scorecard. See, I'm uh, tallying up your points here. Uh, 80, 100, 250, 85. uh, Total is... 515 points. Let's look that up on the chart. Uh, let's see. I found it. Uh, Mr. and Mrs. Hallinger, you two are complete fucking idiots. 
<laughs> and that makes you dumber than me. <laughs> yes, you are. Story number two. The Prostitute and the Giant Smurf. Hey, Carl, have you ever played that game Bingo? Yes. You know the one where you got those numbers and they call it out and you got that little stamp and you hit your ink stamp down on the card? Yeah. Okay, quick question for you, Carl. Yeah. You just lost all your money playing bingo. You're stuck in a hotel room and all you have in the room are a prostitute, a red jacket, an ice bucket, and a, the blue ink pad you use to play bingo. Mm. What do you do, Carl? What do you do? <laughs> oh, and by the way, Carl, the prostitute has not been paid for the previously rendered services. <laughs> I'll let you think about how you're going to get out of this while I get on with the story. 19-year-old Mark Daniel had just tried to rob the Super 8 Motel in Anchorage, Alaska. Unfortunately, his brilliant plan failed because the clerk at the Super 8 was unable to stop laughing at him. So now Mr. Daniel found himself running back to his hotel room at a neighboring hotel at a full sprint. <laughs> Sergeant Chris Sims responded to the call of the Super 8. The clerk described the perp as a large man wearing a red jacket, brandishing a knife, and having a blue face. Oh, uh. <laughs> You see, Carl, Mr. Daniel was a very clever man. To escape recognition, and perhaps to also make a bold statement condemning racial stereotypes, Mr. Daniel <laughs> yeah, had sure. previously applied generous amount of deep blue bingo ink to his face, <laughs> neck, and hands. <laughs> Well, kids, Mr. Daniel may have hidden his true colors, but guess what? It's not every day that you see a giant blue Smurf hopping around on Alaskan tundra. <laughs> <laughs> it's just not all that common. That's all I'm saying. Hmm. So as a result, a lot of people were pointing and laughing at Mr. Daniel as he ran between the hotels. <laughs> all right, just a second. Let's check that scorecard. Uh, using a ridiculous disguise that really stands out in a lineup. That's 190 points. <laughs> And so it wasn't long before officers located Mr. Daniel at the nearby Chelsea Inn. Although Mr. Daniel had changed his clothing, Sergeant Sims said he was sweaty and that his face, neck, and hands were still deep blue. <laughs> when asked about the color of his skin, Mr. Daniel claimed that, quote, another man was running around and spreading blue paint on people. <laughs> Sounds like something my four-year-old would say. <laughs> Hold on just a second. Let's check the dumber than me scorecard. <laughs> oh, here it is. Saying the stupidest fucking thing I've ever heard. <laughs> 220 points. When police entered Clark's room, they discovered a prostitute, a red jacket, and an ice bucket filled with blue ink. <laughs> According to Sergeant Sims in the prostitute statement. Oh, and by the way. I think I'm going to give this prostitute a best supporting role in this story. <laughs> <laughs> Tips for ladies of the evening. If a cop enters the room and asks your profession, for the love of God, don't say prostitute. <laughs> say anything but prostitute, like stenographer. <laughs> Take it from me, I know. <laughs> anyway. Miss Humping for Dollars <laughs> explained that she loaned Mr. Daniel her red jacket and watched him spread blue dye on his face before he left the hotel room. Upon his return, she said he was sweaty and winded. Wait a minute, Carl. There are prostitutes in Alaska? Mm. Like, how can you tell if they're hot or not? <laughs> I mean, they got to be bundled up in many layers, right? <laughs> I mean, that, that, that's how my mom dressed me for school on really cold days. Thick, heavy jacket, wool hat, gloves, pants, thick socks, sweater, t-shirt, and a really sexy bra and panties underneath. <laughs> oh, did I mention that I had a really f***ed up childhood, Carl? <laughs> I believe so, yes. It was not fun in gym class. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> anyway, Mr. Daniel was arrested for attempting to rob a Super 8 motel. So, Mr. Daniel, you girly coat wearing, ice bucket mixing, blue face bingo painter, you, sir, are dumber than me. Yes, you are. Oh, and a little social commentary about racial stereotyping. Don't do it, kids. Like, you may think that just because I'm white, that I can't dance, and that my wee-wee is, well, uh, uh, wee-wee when compared to the wee-wee of somebody who doesn't have a white wee-wee. <laughs> And this just goes to show you how wrong you could be. The truth of the matter is, is that only one of those racial stereotypes is correct in my case. 
happen to be a very good dancer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dumber than me. From Dama to toys, it's Richard, the toy boy. In my living room. Richard Campbell finds the weird, the wild, the wonderful toys on the internet. What's up, Richard? What you got for us? I'm going to lead off with shrinkster.com slash C5Y, Charlie, 5 Yankee, and a toy for Carl. Cool. If you love your Prius, look what Toyota has next. It's a hybrid sports car. Wow. Isn't that cute? Oh, shit. You know, though, it is a, it does a concept vehicle, though. Yeah. And, you know, no, it, nothing makes me madder than these guys making really cool concept vehicles, but not shipping them. Yeah. And then all we get are like these crappy cars that they send out. Well, I, I would notice in this concept vehicle, there's missing a few things like a uh, windshield. Trunk. <laughs> <laughs> it's cool. Plus, the actual size is like two feet long, I think. Right. <laughs> but you know, what, they, what you're looking at here is the realization that they can, are going to make performance cars that are hybrids. Right. They should. It'll be awesome. They yeah. won't get. I can't, wait. I can't wait for the skies out here in Los Angeles to get clear again. Well, you know, they. Anytime you have either a really heavy body or a performance engine in a hybrid, you lose a lot of mileage. You know, the only thing I can think of that they can improve is by bigger batteries and applying more juice. You know, to the acceleration. You know, using a, up more battery power on acceleration and then somehow recharging it. I think solar panel hats would also help. What? Little wires that you plug into the cigarette lighter. Brilliant! Give it an extra boost. There you go. Well, you guys haven't mentioned the Olympics. I know it's just the Winter Olympics, but it's still the Olympics. I've been watching the Olympics. I'm They've loving great. it. great. Totally loving it. I've been so, watching it too, man. They do all the, with Simon and, uh, you know, making fun of all those Olympic performers on stage that are singing. <laughs> so anyway, let me pull out a couple of toys for the Olympics. All right. Take a look at shrinkster.com slash C60. That's Charlie 60. Okay. The company is called D3O Labs. Not C3O, but D3O Labs. I'm already scared. So the challenge now is to figure out how we're going to apply this technology because the next toy I'm going to show you is this technology applied in the Olympics. What is this? So, this is D3O technology, and D3O technology is an engineered material. It has intelligent molecules, which is marketing crap. Molecules are not intelligent. Yeah. What does this do? What it is is a soft, flexible material until you apply pressure to it, like you hit it. Then it turns hard. Hmm. And as soon as the pressure is removed, it goes soft again. Wow. That interesting stuff. It's very cool material. So, in other words, it's used to, for protection, but you can move with it. But if you get hit with anything, it'll protect you. Right. It's pliable armor. Huh. And if you want to see this in action, because it's in action in the Olympics, take a look at shrinkster.com slash C61, Charlie 61. And these are, from Reliable Relacing, Spider World Cup Ski Suits. Hmm. So you'll notice these ski suits are pretty darn form-fitting. Yeah. Because the nice thing is the padding doesn't have to be thick. It's this thin, lightweight, flexible material. They can wear up very close to them. And when they hit the ground, and let's face it, they do, Mm -hmm. it's armor. Wow. So the knees, the elbows, uh, the shoulders, all padded with this uh, 3DO material. Now, how much armor... Uh, behavior do you get? I mean, how how good is it? Well, it won't stop a bullet, but not far from it. So if you throw a rock at somebody, they won't feel it? Oh, no, they're still going to feel it. The impact's still there. Yeah. The main thing here is that you have a rigid surface to bounce against, right? right. So a skier falling down, they're not going to get spiked on the knee anymore. It's, just, it's the whole thing. They're still going to be bruised. They're just yeah. less likely to be broken. Right. Interesting. Very cool. Very cool. User testing for that would suck, man. <laughs> yes, it would. Yeah. See if this protects you. Wham! No, okay, it didn't. Oh, let's try okay. that again. Okay, Joe, we're going to send you against the wall again. <laughs> send you hurtling against the wall. 
Sorry about that last time. You know, we we had you wearing the other our competitor suit. This time we got ours on. All right, take off the plastic wrap and let's try this one. <laughs> Very cool. Take a look at shrinkstu.com slash C62, Charlie62. Bang Olfson. The fine folks at Bang and Olfson have finally got around to building a headset. Hmm. It's a wired headset. It's over the ear only. Okay. It's beautifully engineered. Yeah. Fits just about anybody. Nicely adjustable. It says Bang and Olsen on it. They want 250 bucks. Yeah. Hmm. Why? It's Bang and Olsen, man. Is that all? That's it. Nothing special? No, not really. They call it Earset One Mobile because apparently that makes it worth more money. Oh, okay. I'm just trying to see how much difference you get on this $250 headset over the $29 one you can get at Staples. The thing that's bullshit here, obviously, is that the the signal that goes through a telephone is a very narrow band of frequency. Right. It's a very narrow range, and Bang & Olufsen is known for doing really high-fidelity, good-sounding stereos. And so the implication is that it's going to make the telephone sound better. But you know what? When there's no frequencies there to boost, it can't boost them. Yeah, and what in can fact, you do? And in fact, if you do boost frequencies outside of the range of what goes over the telephone, you get crap. There's nothing there. Yeah, it's just noise. It's just noise. So the only thing they could do would be to EQ it to take down the low and the high frequencies and just concentrate on the mid-range, which would make it sound noise-free and cleaner. You know, maybe they could do some noise processing or something, but it's a headphone. They're not doing any of that. Yeah, where are you going to do it? The whole thing is thin, light, and small. I smell bullshit. Yeah. You know, whenever I hear this company name, I just think of a fantasy I had about when the Olsen twins turn 18. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. What were you guys talking about? Uh, Nothing. Okay. (laughs) I was going to send you to shrinkster.com slash C63, Charlie 63, and our first of several bizarre Japanese toys. Mm -hmm. So what are we looking at here? It's a shower head, but not just any shower head. It's a shower head with a light built in. <laughs> That's kind of cool. But not just any shower head with a light built in. <laughs> this light changes color depending on the temperature of the water. Oh, too bad Karen isn't here. I need this. Karen It's also this. powered by the water, too. Powered so by the water. So there's no battery. Oh, no way. Huh. I love you this. Just plug it in. You put it in your shower head and starts off at purple, which means, you know, cold. Through blue and pink and ultimately red for you're going to die. I'd buy it. This is going to be perfect for inside for the shower inside my uh, 1979 Volkswagen bus. As soon as, I get that, <laughs> as soon as I get that back from the Department of Motor Vehicles. I'm putting one of these babies in, man. Uh, is there any way to buy it in the States? No. Or it's a Japanese-only toy. You know, I'm all about frustrating you here. Yeah, okay. It's nice, though. I like this. <laughs> all right. You ready for a tougher Japanese toy? The challenge here is to figure out what is this. Okay. Shrinkster.com slash C64, Charlie64. Now, I don't know what you're seeing because the homepage is random. Every time you go to it, you get something different. Maybe you're a mouse. Maybe there's just a whole bunch of hands. I'm a mouse. And if you move your mouse around, what happens? Well, there's a cat paw trying to squish me. Yeah, I'm seeing the cat paw, basically. It All might, right. It might not be a cat paw. It could be something else, actually. This could it's... be a toy Karen likes. <laughs> I'm seeing a lot of cat paws, actually. Now, if you go up to the top of the screen there, oh, there's yeah. a series of footprints. Yep. Click on the first footprint. You'll notice it very intuitively moves out of your way when you try and <laughs> click on it. Okay. Oh, my God. What is this? What is it? <laughs> This is fucked up. <laughs> this is a cat paw that's got a little trigger on the end. I love how, it. How do you know this? Do you read Japanese? Look, look at the pictures, well, man. I see the pictures, but... Now, this is the view when it's inside the woman, right? Oh. <laughs> oh. oh. It does look like a marital aid. I'm sorry really to does. all the hot feminists out there that I'm just pissed <laughs> off with that. I apologize. <laughs> So when you squeeze the trigger, the little paw bends over and swats at things. <laughs> I love the Japanese Who people. Who thinks of this? This is just you know, so weird. You know, we would never go to war with the Japanese, man. They're awesome. <laughs> they rock. Mark, we what? did go to war with the Japanese. Damn it. Damn it. I know I should have studied history. <laughs> Take all the fun out of it. All right. 
Well, it was probably before they invented this. <laughs> Definitely. Probably. They've redeemed themselves in our eyes. All right, I got one more Japanese toy for you. And this was one that I actually had to send a translation because I, I really wanted to understand exactly what it is it does. Okay? Shrinkster.com slash C65. C Charlie 65. The vendor, Sanyo. You know Sanyo. Love you Sanyo. love Sanyo. What is this? <laughs> You'll see a picture of a stovetop with music coming out of it. <laughs> Are you ready for this? Is that the kid uh, in no. the oven? I worked on the translations for a while. Goodness knows the Japanese to English translation wasn't good for much. Wait, wait, wait. I got it. Is Barney in the oven? <laughs> <laughs> Spot the guy with young children. Are you ready? Yes. This is a stovetop that plays music when it's up to temperature. Mm hmm. So you can put a pot on to boil and it will meter the temperature of the pot till it knows it's boiling and then play music for you to let you know your pot, your pot is boiling. You know, Richard, I have to take back what I said earlier about attacking Japan. It's going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Note to Japanese people, you cannot invent shit like this and not be expect to be attacked by Americans. Okay. okay? <laughs> it's worse. You can download your own music into the oh, stove. God. So you can, can make it do anything you want it to. I can hear the planes taking off right now from the nearby Air Force Base, man. But wait, there's no. more. No. It has voice commands and instructions for cooking built <laughs> oh in. Oh, my God. So you can have your stove tell you how to cook your craft dinner. Oh, my Good God. Lord. I would notice that the advanced models of this product are being released on April 1st. Yep. You know what? This is, yeah, April 1st. This is what happens when some of that fungus hits the sake and it, and it causes brain damage. You know what I I've mean? I've heard about this. Yes. So is this real or not? I'm not sure. I found I it real. on the Sanyo site. I mean, the Japanese don't have any, the equivalent of April Fool's Day, do they? I don't think they do. And the fact that it has a whole section designed to remove the smell of cooking fish mm. just strikes me as odd hmm. so if we go down there's numbered section here okay so section one the industry beginning completion of cooking with music news melody news <laughs> function focuses on the fact that you can have it play music from your and you can download from your cell phone into this to put your ringtones into your stove wow let us move on to section two section two being the audio nabby function which is where the stove will actually tell you how to cook things. Hmm. I just wonder if it starts screaming and saying, get a fire extinguisher if you boil <laughs> something over and set it on fire. Now, is the music, do you think it's just for uh, convenience, or do you think it's like to keep kids away from the hot stoves? Or? I don't know. I'm trying to, you know, you're trying to get rationality out of the Japanese here. <laughs> Section three, the platinum deviation from smoke function which obviously didn't translate very well. But if you look at one of the pictures down there, it shows a fish looking a little distressed and some kind of ventilation system to get rid of the smell of the fish. Hmm. And finally, we get down to section four, other merits. And there are some wonderful other merits, like the thermal holding down unevenness cooking tasty. <laughs> That's one of and the things I being economic, the waste of oil, little ecology. <laughs> And it is tasty, the broiled fish or gratin, the pizza without time. <laughs> and wait, also wait, wait, the I... tiddler of roasting one's pride. Mm. It burns well, the net. Dude, I just figured out where they got the dialogue for the movie The Matrix. <laughs> <laughs> we cannot tell you. You must take the pill. You must know. <laughs> like, take the red pill. Stepless right. floor, while also delicate fire allowance is thinking with the adjustment, the stopper attaching dial knob. <laughs> Good Lord. You know, I also figured out where they get the sentences for that get past all the uh, the spam filters. Right. There they are. They're right there. Thus endeth the Japanese section of the show. Thank you. And we will move on now to the MIT section of the toys. Hmm. 
For whatever reason, MIT just had a whole burst of press releases. The only thing I could think of is that a semester just ended and a bunch of guys needed marks, so they released a bunch of things. I'd start with sort of the most useful thing I found, and it's a straight press release off of the MIT website where I found all of these things. Take a look at shrinkster.com slash C66, Charlie66, from MIT, the Massachusetts Institute of Technology. This is out Carl's Way. Boston. MIT has developed a new kind of battery for hybrid cars. Wow. This is a good thing. Good thing. Um, big advantages of this new battery is that it's it's normally they use metal hydride batteries mm-hmm. and nickel metal hydride batteries in cars because they have a better charge cycle and better lifespan for car style uses. This is a lithium variation of that battery. Lithium, nickel, manganese combined that gives uh, the same sort of behavior as a metal hydride better, but the higher power density that we like from lithium batteries. Mm. The other big plus is that the thing recharges really fast. Wow, cool. So, I mean, battery, it's good that they're developing new batteries. I mean, I'm happy about that. It's not particularly exciting news, and it's, uh, you know, a reasonable thing for a place like MIT to do. Let me take you to the next thing I found related to MIT at shrinkster.com slash C67. Shrinkster.com slash Charlie67. These are also MIT guys, but they have their own website. It's called Terra Fugia. Hmm. What is it, you may ask? What is it? Personal it's an airplane that converts to a car. For real. Yes. For real. They figure they'll actually have one in 2008. Uh, feel free to click on the QuickTime animation that will show you the wings folding up so you can't see out the windows. This is just terribly inefficient, I think. Which? Trying to trying to put both a car and a plane in the same vehicle, I think, is terribly, Absolutely. terribly inefficient. We don't want a plane that converts to a car. No. We want a flying car. No, I right. think you need to give these guys the benefit of the doubt. I had the same kind of people coming after me when I had my solar-powered jetpack. <laughs> Talking about safety concerns and stuff like that. Must have been a freaking huge solar panel, man. Big solar panel. Uh, it worked great until there was a cloud. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. So that's what happened to your brain. This is- so if you click on the vehicle link, they'll take you to some more information about this wonderful technology they're developing. This is crazy. And, uh, they have right in their fact, uh, why will Terra Fugia succeed where so many others have failed? Because we're smarter. No, nope, it won't. It'll fail. Yeah, of course it'll fail. This is unbelievable, man. Carl, you made a really good point. There's no way you're going to drive safely without being able to look out your back, left, or right window. Hey, hey, <laughs> hey Carl! Carl, you in there? Oh, no. Oh, shit. Who's that? Carl? Holy shit. Hey, Carl! Swear Holy f***. I-, I thought we ditched him months ago. What's shh, up, man? Shh. Oh, shit. <laughs> hey, my burrito is beginning to smell really bad, man. <laughs> All right, let's go, man. If we just lock shh, the doors. Shh, wait. I got one more for you. All right, you know what? While Carl's being quiet, you give it to me, Richard. Are you ready? I think he's gone. Go ahead. Are you sure? Yeah. The last of our MIT line. Shrinkster.com slash C68, Charlie68. I saved the best for last, man. I saved the cellular squirrel. (laughs) What the hell? It's the cellular squirrel. I swear to God. I know exactly what this is. This is a phone. This is a guy on a have with a graduate degree going for his PhD says to another guy, I bet you I can get my PhD on a fing squirrel. (laughs) Squirrel phone. That's it. It's not. It's more. It's not just a squirrel phone. It's worse. It's an animatronic squirrel phone. No. With sensors. Oh. Here's the concept. It's actually a pretty cool, con- pretty cool concept. It's just that it's the fact that it's a squirrel does not help matters. <laughs> Your calls come into the squirrel, right? The squirrel assesses whether or not to allow you to take the call. Okay. So it's got sensors to determine if you're already in a conversation or you look really busy, Hmm. sort of rate your level of busyness. (laughs) Then it might actually send a message to the person calling saying, who are you and why do you want to bug me? (laughs) 
and then it might dump the guy to voicemail. But here's where the animatronic part comes in. If it's not sure that you should you should take this call or not, it'll give you subtle physical cues. It'll move. It'll look at you to give you the hint that there might be something you need to pay attention to. It's giving these anthropomorphic attention cues. You know what's going to happen? It's going to be like, you'll be sitting there and the squirrel will start to turn to look at you and you'll be like, don't look at me. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. But all these behaviors from a squirrel are things that make me get a baseball bat. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I can see that, man. I'm just, I'm telling you, MIT, what are they doing over there? I think what what's happening is Nicholas Negroponte came up with the uh, the hundred dollar crank laptop, and now everybody's trying to one up him. Hey, hey can I yeah. tell a small story about MIT? Sure, sure. I was uh, at uh, MIT for uh, something called Lego Mindfest with my daughter. Uh, yeah. It's like this Lego gay fest, gay pride festival kind of thing. Great. <laughs> 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 anyway. There's there. next week's disclaimer right there. Right there. <laughs> Sorry to sorry to piss off all the gay pride guys. Who are, yeah, I mean, you should be proud. You've got a lot to be proud of. <laughs> Not there's anything wrong with that. Not there's anything wrong. Anyway. Oh, man. I just, I'm, I'm trying to figure out if there's anybody in this world I have not insulted. <laughs> anyway, we're here and we're watching this demo from this uh, this girl who's uh, an MIT student. She's talking about this uh, device, you know, this, this great course that she had, which sounds really cool, where it the idea is to combine a whole bunch of different disciplines and create a product in this semester that you're in this course. So you have to combine things like, you know, electrical engineering and, you know, um, uh, material fabrication, things like that. And she shows us this device that she in, in, invented, and I don't remember what she called it, but I want to call it like the scream bag or something like that. <laughs> and she, said, she says, she demonstrates, now this, I don't have this problem, right? Because I'm, you know, I, if, I, if, if I think something, it's just out of my mouth immediately. But, but some people do have this problem. And she said, the problem she describes it as, as, you know, you're out in public, you know, you, you, you just have the urge to scream, but you can't because everybody's going to stare <laughs> at you. And then she rolls the video and it's her sitting out in the middle, like I think New York City or so, you know, some busy, you know, downtown city area. She's just kind of sitting there calmly. She's got this big kind of round thing in her lap that that's kind of got an opening that kind of looks like you can kind of put your face down into it. And she's kind of sitting calmly, smiling, looking around, looking around. Then she leans forward into it and you don't hear anything at all. And then she comes back up and she's totally got a smile on her face. Then... Then they stop the video, and then she pulls out the device, and then she says, and then when you're back home, you can hit this button and play it back, and you hear her screaming. <laughs> That's great. It's beautiful, oh, It's man. like those old Tex Avery cartoons where the guy would scream into a paper bag because he didn't want to wake the yeah. guy in bed, and then he'd run to the door, open the bag, and he'd go, ah! Exactly. <laughs> And so this thing, think about it, it had to be soundproof. It had to have really high quality uh, a playback ability, so it sounded real. It has to have a microphone and speakers and an amplifier. It, it, was, it was really wow, cool. Wow, that's funny. It was, it was really, really Very cool. Very funny. All right, I got one more toy. Not an MIT toy, not a Japanese toy, but something totally else. Shrinkster.com slash C69. And the guys at Crane Audio and their $19,000 turntable. Oh, Mm. Still got any LPs? Want to play them back on a really expensive player? No. There you go. No. 19 grand. That's amazing. It looks gorgeous, though. The I love master it. master reference. Have you ever noticed that with audio equipment? Whenever they want to really charge an exorbitant fee for it, they call it master or reference. Yeah, reference. Or both. Yep. And here you are with both. It is a beautiful looking piece of machinery. Sure. If only I had a record. <laughs> I was talking with uh, somebody about this recently about the, you know, there's a whole bunch of people who say two things. Number one, they say analog sounds better than digital. Digital is too harsh. And they right. say that analog is true and digital is, is you know, is is affected. And the opposite is true, in fact. And, and, you know, for anybody who's interested in this, here's what happened. In the earliest days when CD players came out, in the ADAT, which was a portable recording uh, device that used videotapes for multi-track recording, the digital-to-audio converters that they were putting in these things were horrible. And in even the analog-to-digital converters that they were using in the studios weren't the greatest. They were okay, but they weren't the greatest, you know, at the level that people could afford. Of course, 
3M was doing, you know, in, in big companies like that had great stuff, but it was hugely expensive. So, so people naturally assume that digital sounded bad. But once ha- what happened was once these D to A converters and A to D converters got good, it, they became essentially perfect, right? Right. And once something is perfect, there's no way to upgrade it. That's what I keep telling my wife. <laughs> <laughs> there's no way to upgrade, honey. You can't upgrade perfection. So what's happened is the industry has invented all these enhanced, you know, technologies and numbers and stuff. The worst offender being Monster Cable. Now, oh, yeah. Monster Cable is good cable, but you can get good cable for a tenth of the price of Monster Cable. And the stuff that they say in in their literature is completely outrageous to anybody who understands physics. They're like borderline metaphysical spiritual stuff. But anyway, right. So, so this is the basic problem, and I have a story about uh, Steely Dan's Roger Nichols, who is their, he, Steely Dan's engineer. When they recorded Two Against Nature, which was their first album they had done in like 19 years, they came out with Two Against Nature, they recorded in the studio in parallel. Everything they, every track they recorded, they recorded in parallel. 16-bit, 44.1, you know, K, CD quality, and right. 24-bit, 96K which is, you know, what everybody's saying is what all the studios have to use now. And they did all the mix down. They came down to the final mix. Now, Roger Nichols, these guys, Steely Dan's audio guys, these are no slouches. They probably have some of the best years in the business. Yeah, arguably the best. Now, at the end of the day, when when they listen to the final mix, both versions, A and B, hitting the button, you know, to go back and forth, nobody, not even Roger Nichols, none of the band, anybody could tell the difference. Right. Now, that's good enough for me, folks. If it's good enough for Carl, it's good enough for me. I have to agree. Yeah. Let's call it a show. And the one more thing is about the analog. I know this is Carl educates the world on audio hour, but um, the other thing about analog is that when analog distorts, it's a uh, a pleasant distortion. And, and, you know, when it gets too hot, it saturates and, and it sounds really nice. That's why people like tubes. Because that's an analog distortion that sounds kind of warm. They say it sounds warmer, and digital is harsh. Actually, it's an effect. And and when you when you uh, distort digital, of course, it sounds like crap. But now that you have really clean converters, you don't have to record so hot, and you can get a pretty much a perfect sound that is not an effect, and it's not harsh. It just it's real. Yeah, but you know that's the thing is reality is reality harsh. is harsh. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I keep telling my wife. <laughs> and that's a show. Uh, good luck to Karen and Jeff, wherever you are out there, and all our Mondays listeners. Hey, guys, we're getting record downloads. We got yeah. like 40,000 40, downloads in January. We're already up to 27 this tell month in February. So tell your friends about Mondays. Tell your mom. Yeah, let's crank this show up a notch. We're here. If, you bet. We're here if you're here. Yeah, this is a mom-friendly show. Yeah. And on yeah. that note, we'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.